don't. Don't open that box. What have you done? You shouldn't have opened it. You shouldn't have opened it. Open it. Open Hello, listening people. Hello. You're listening to Spit and Polish Presents The Mystery Box. I am one of your hosts, Ryan Swinski. And I am Bartek. Hello, Bartek. How are you? Good, and I'm a host. And you're the host? Yes. The host or a host? A host. Oh, good. I'm the host. And no, we... you're a host too. No, I'm the host. You a host. <laughs> and we are doing our monthly show, The Mystery Box, a show in which we have a box filled with DVDs. We pick one at random. We watch it. It's a complete mystery to us. These have been found secondhand. We watch the film, and then we come to you guys and talk about what we watch, trying to decipher what we had just seen with our very own eyes, and heard with our ears, and tasted with our mouths, and felt with our genitals. And spoke so... with our nose, but that was weird. <laughs> and spoke with our nose. We didn't sniff it. No sniffing here. Uh, and we uh, spin Polish like because we are always spitting, and we both happen to be Polish. Isn't that right, Bartek? Yeah, I've heard that. Now, Bartek, we have a guest. Yeah. And that guest has a history with us. Yes. They're like that's a true. reoccurring guest. They were on the last Mystery Box episode, which didn't what, come out. What, War Story? What do you mean? No, no, no. Who's our guest? Our guest for this episode is Maddie Marshall. Maddie. Hello. Thank you for having me. Again. <laughs> yes, so, again. So, Maddie Marshall, your podcast debut was our last episode, mm-hmm. which didn't come out because. Our audio file got corrupted yes. on Bartek's audio, where it made it loop for three seconds for the rest of it after 17 minutes. Are, are I gonna, edited it all. Are you going to drop in the loop? Sure. Oh, wasn't that great? Imagine an hour of that. Can we hear it two more times? Perfect stuff. So, Maddie, this is your debut take two. And first time around, we did Magic Kid 1. And we thought, well, we got to do Magic Kid 2. So this wasn't chosen at random this time. This was deliberately chosen. Mm-hmm. But it is still a mystery to us because we hadn't seen Magic Kid 2. And let me just spoil alert. That seeing Magic Kid 1 doesn't really influence having <laughs> to see Magic Kid 2 very much at all. There are connections, but very loose. You know, and loose. Loose, it de- loose. It definitely follows first one so conclusion we will briefly touch on that in a second but i'll go through the history of of the magic kid dvds bartek and i we were at a cash converters uh we were looking for dvds after recording an episode of the podcast and the uh the guy behind the desk at the cash converters said hey you know we were talking about our podcast out loud and they're like hey you know it'd be a good one uh, Magic Kid 2. He specifically was like, Magic Kid 2. And it took us like 20 minutes. Yeah, we searched for it And we found request. the Magic Kid DVD double pack. Bought it for $2, a dollar each from each movie. Yum, yum. And, you know, 
this guy really sold us on this Magic Kid 2 movie. We're like, oh man, I can't wait to do Magic mm. Kid 2. Yeah, we bought Mr. Bones at the same time as Magic Kid, but we were thinking about and, Magic Kid. And the cover's pretty impressive. Like, Magic Kid 1, very simple. Magic Kid 2 has this real kind of 80s aesthetic going on. You've got, like, the Magic Kid himself with, like, that slick back 80s businessman hair with his finger on his chin looking at us smiling like, yeah, I know I'm top shit. With, like... The red sun behind him. Yeah, yeah, the rising sun. And, like, every single character that's in the movie is around this sun in goofy poses with faces. Like, there's a, there's a Hasidic Jew there. There's a pop star. There's a truck. Wait, is the Jew on the cover? The Jew's on the cover. <laughs> He's on the cover. The evil businessman. The uncle from the first movie, played by Stephen First, is on all fours next to a dog. And on the cover, it does say, Buford the dog is in this. Yes. It's got Magic Kid 2 and all the actors. And so this is really exciting. We're like, okay, Magic Kid 1, we'll get into that in a sec. But we thought the second one's going to step up this value. I mean, look at that cover, Maddie. Don't you think that the second one, and we were told the second one's better. Doesn't you think, or look at this cover, yeah. it says mm. the second one's going to be crazier than the first? It holds a lot of promise, yeah. And you, we all know that sequels often go bigger, crazier, and better than the than the original. Like, that's mm. that's a staple of all sequels. I mean... You know, think about Terminator 2. It goes bigger and better and crazier, higher action, higher this. And so I was expecting Magic Kid 2 to do that, and um, we'll get into that. <laughs> You're living a dream, Kevin. I know that if I were in your shoes, I wouldn't want to wake up. Now, Maddie, you picked Magic Kid 1, then the episode got corrupted, and you sad reacted to every single uh, post that I made on the podcast uh, on the Facebook, page. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you're pretty upset that we didn't get to release the Magic Kid 1 episode. So how about you remind us all what happened in Magic Kid 1? Oh, well... <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, no, don't do it to me. I don't want it. It's only been a month since we've seen it. It's only been a month. Well, basically, it revolves around this kid who is into karate. He, he, dragon ninjutsu. Yes. He's well, a dragon ninja. And honestly... The uncle is the main character, and he's like this alcohol. Unk, yeah. <laughs> you won't be sorry, Unk. <laughs> he gets into all this trouble and owes people a bunch of money, and yeah, the kid has to come and save the day. The kid karate chops some people at a birthday party, <laughs> yeah. and the movie ends with them fighting at a club. And a guy walks over and says, "I don't, I hate kids," and <laughs> like starts attacking them. And uh, that movie, very simply put, was a. Very generic, like, the kid needs to use his karate to fend off criminal Italian gangsters from hurting him and his uncle and his sister. Yeah. And uh, that was kind of it. And you had set pieces, like there was a a scene at the pier that was very funny. And, Mm -hmm. like, all these crazy set pieces with the loose framework of, let's show off this kid do karate. That's kind of the, all that movie really was. We all recommended it, but like on different yeah. varying levels of like, yeah, nah, you know, like it was still crap, but it was fun crap. We, we all enjoyed it and recommended the it. The kid yeah. is a psychopath in the first one. He has like two modes of acting. He's like, golly gee, I just love being a ninja and I want to fucking kill people. I'm very much an angry guy. 
Like, those are his two modes in the first yeah. one. And he kind of keeps those two modes in the second one. <laughs> Less so with the second mode. He has a li- He has a line in the first one where he complains about uh, martial artists who don't practice what they preach. And, uh... Unlike him. The first one had questionable material. It had weird fashion choices for the daughter. It had sexualization of minors. Like, the daughter again. She's, like, under 16. And they keeps every male adult other than the uncle wants to fuck this teenage girl. Remember that, Maddie? I do. It just it, it was me. more like everyone wanted to fuck the teenage girl. And when he, I was given said things the benefit of the he, doubt. He yeah. didn't. Uh, he didn't say the right things. Like there was that one line where, like someone was oogling og- her and ogling her. Ogling and I would like it if they oogled her. <laughs> and instead of saying, hey, she's 14 or whatever. She's 15. He said something along the lines hey, of, Hey, she's like, got back problems. Hey, Blondie, why don't you bend over and make this shot? No, 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 she can't. Though. She can't bend over. She's got a bad back. Doughboy, just make the shot. Doughboy? Doughboy? Come on, didn't your mother ever teach you any respect? That was that first movie, right? You had lots of funny, stupid stuff in it. Like, the fashion was crazy for that girl. There was a scene in it where her and a full-grown woman that we only met in one scene both wore the exact same leather jacket. And Maddie and I were like, oh, okay, they're on purpose not showing them in the same shots. They're not going to have them in the same shot because that's the same leather jacket. Then, bam, one shot and they both walk towards each other wearing the exact same outfit and they don't comment on it. I was like, what the heck? So Magic Kid 1 ends with the uncle living and he's no longer an alcoholic and him and the kids are cool and they end with the Magic Kid. Oh, and also there's no magic in these movies. It's all ninjutsu, at least in the first movie. Especially, no magic is even mentioned. There's no phrase of like, you're magic. You're, you're, you're like magical, like nothing. Nothing magical. Just, and just, just to be clear, ninjutsu. And when Ryan says ninjutsu, he's just talking about like martial arts. There's not like ninja... Felt faux magic or anything like that. No, no, just just pure hand-to-hand combat. Yeah, just martial arts. Nothing magical in these Magic Kid movies, especially the first one, and it mm. ends with, like, the uncle apparently changes his name, he's a famous movie agent for this kid, the and film, he's a millionaire. The film ends with, like, a joke, where are they now sequence. And then the second one is picking up from that first one, but kind of not really. Yeah, it doesn't follow the joke sequence at the end. The second end. one follows through on the kid became a movie star aspect and the uncle's the agent aspect, but... Uh, yeah, at the end of the first film, he meets his hero, and his hero Don, like, Don the Dragon Wilson Don the Dragon Wilson who is he's a real guy um, and he basically like tells the kid hey I'm gonna start your movie martial arts career and then the movie ends on a freeze frame of the young daughter's erect nipple in a white shirt <laughs> and Stephen Fry plowing down on a churro. That was, was the Fry? first. Uh, Stephen first. I would love it if it was Stephen Fry. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Fry, the intellectual. He was like, I did this and then Thunderpants. Like, like those are these two modes. No, Stephen first plowing down on a churro and the young teenage girl's erect nipple through a white t-shirt. Mm. And Magic was... Kid 1 ended. Now... Well, there was a post credit sequence where he was being silly on a bed and the kid was like, hey, it's all over. What are you he doing? He was all being like, Wah! doing karate stuff. And the Magic Kid's like, get out of here. And then the movie ended. Closed the chapter on that. Maddie shook hands with us after we recorded the episode. We all said, we're all pals now. 
and she told all of her friends that I met at a party, and I had to tell all of them, oh yeah, Maddie's on this podcast, guys. She's going to be here on in like a week or two. And then that episode, well, I guess magic did happen because it cursed that yeah, episode. Black magic. Black magic. Kung fu mysticism magic. I should have known <laughs> your kung fu treachery would have got us in the end, magic kid. So we got Maddie back. We're like, Maddie, podcast debut again. Take two. You're more prepared this time. You know what's going to go on because we're doing Magic Kid 2. Now, Maddie, did you love Magic Kid 2? Um, I think compared to the first one, it was a bit of a letdown, really. Are you kidding? No. Are you sure? I'm sure. Compared to the first one? Yeah. The, the third one's going to make up for it, right? Yeah, we'll we <laughs> hope so. <laughs> we'll make it. We'll make it. So, you were, were you, how excited were you to do Magic Kid 2? I was very excited. I said, I'm not coming back unless we do Magic Kid 2. That was a specific thing she said. Mm. You also wanted to watch it straight after Magic Kid 1. I did. You're like, we're not going to do both right now? <laughs> and we're like, no, no, that would be too much Magic Kid energy. We don't have three hours to kill before recording. <laughs> um, well, we could have. <laughs> Why am I always trying to have a meaningful conversation with a dog? Now, this feature film is rated PG for low-level violence and sexual references. And I think... Out That's of the, technically for both films. Out of yeah. the two of them, this is the one with the least amount of sexual references in, in it. Both have a lot of innuendo. Yeah, but <laughs> this one has less. This one has less. Does it? Yes. The first one has all the pedophiles. It has all the people being weird. And as Stephen first telling the young daughter, you know, if you go on your first day, don't do, you know... <laughs> and you're like, is he referencing sex or blowjobs? <laughs> what? This one just has prostitutes in it that think Stephen first is into incest, but we'll get into that. Hey, darling, you looking for a good time? Actually, I'm looking for a young boy. Oh, well, young girls are a lot more fun. I don't want a young girl. I want my nephew. That's sick. Bartek, who wrote and directed this movie? I believe... Who was the author of this I, movie? I believe at the beginning it said a Stephen First film, and then it said that it was written by Stephen First and directed by Stephen First. So there's one guy to blame. Maybe. There's one actor, director, writer with a face to blame. It's Buford the dog. <laughs> we knew it was him oh, all along. His comic foil in the film. Exactly right. So, Bartek, how excited were you to come back to Magic Kid Universe, the Magic Kid 2? How pumped? I was keen. You really, really liked the first one. I, I quite enjoyed it. I wasn't super crazy about it, but I thought it was a good time. So, And we were recommended Magic Kid 2 specifically. So, coming back to the kid universe, mm -hmm. as we call it. Yeah. Um, You see it's done by Stephen first. Mm -hmm. Did you love it? To answer, to to be bold and answer your question with a question, Ryan, which of the two films did I burst into tears <laughs> laughing at? <laughs> this one. It was Magic Kid 2. <laughs> but does that mean you loved it, though? But I think the rest of this episode is going to be explaining why that isn't the clincher in deciding which one I preferred. Uh, that's right. We'll, well put it that way, since the we... The answer is still Magic Kid 2, weirdly. Like, you're still <laughs> going to explain why it isn't. You're right, it's despite... Like, it was Magic despite Kid Despite laughing really hard at this film, it was the better film. <laughs> so, to give the quick kind of rundown of Magic Kid 2, because, bef full disclosure, I don't think any of us really like this movie, and we were talking just before recording of, what are we going to say? There's not really a plot. The first one had a simple framework of a plot that I just went through, right? Yeah. This one's plot is 
meandering and then it comes in and you're like, oh, is that the plot? And then it's gone. It's basically Magic Kid, um, Kevin Ryan. That's his name, Kevin Ryan. Yep. Not just I'm saying Kevin and then, hey, Ryan, me. Uh, Kevin Ryan Kevin me. is a Hollywood star doing a movie called Ninja Kid. Yes. Ninja Boy, sorry. Ninja Boy. Oh, yeah, yeah, Ninja Boy. This is Magic Kid. He's doing Ninja Boy, a movie that's so well-loved, it's not even made yet. Uh, and he's doing that, and he's living the hard life of uh, being a full-time Hollywood star, but not being able to get get to his studies and go to high school. Yeah, he's 14. He's and, almost <laughs> entering high school. Um, and Oh, is he 14? Yes. Are you sure? Yes, two the, characters I, I, confirmed yeah, it. I'm, not, I'm not sure if the movie stated he was 14 <laughs> enough. Are you sure? So he's 14. Yes. I just want to clarify that. He's the same age as the sister of the first movie. Okay, good on. Yeah, apparently a little bit of time has passed. Um, she's not mentioned at all in the film, by she's the way. She's never in it. There was many points where we said, is that her? <laughs> is that the new version of her? Every time we saw someone dressed skimpily, yes, we said, oh, it's a sister. Yeah. Um, yeah, the plot, it's, it's very basic. He, he's doing this film... Um, the evil person in charge, the guy, the, the biggest head of the stakeholder, studio. head of the studio. Because it's his studios. The head of the studio is trying to take control of everything by making all these decisions, and it's preventing him from studying. And living a life. And living a life. And he's just not being a regular kid. And that's, like, <sighs> his big conflict in the film. He's definitely at the forefront this time. And that's the movie. That's the plot. Yeah, things happen. That, that, we'll get into that, but yeah. Do things happen, Bartek? Maddie, did things happen? No. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 they didn't. The things that happen is the bad guy escalates to the point in which he sends a, 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 a motorcycle gang after the uncle to get the kid to come on set. That's what happens. The rest of it are just scenes. Scenes to make the movie 90 minutes long. That's the movie. Like, like, hey, do you want to see Stephen First, the director, writer, of, an actor of this movie, play poker for about, mm, let's be generous, 10 minutes t- worth of time in this movie? Because yeah, he has like five about. to five poker scenes. Do you want to see him play poker for 10 minutes? And be accused of cheating. And be accused of cheating, even though he never is. Magic Kid 2! <laughs> <laughs> like, like, that's the movie. Like, we got... That's all this movie is, is scenes, 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 scenes. The bad guy comes in and says, I'm demanding a plot. And the movie goes, hold on, hold on. Buford! And then the movie... That pesky dog. And then the movie (laughs) continues, scene, scene. It seems like the villain, who's not Jeremy Irons, by the way. That's what I called him. He sounded like Jeremy Irons. Like, he sounded like Scar from Lion King. But more like, I'm more English. Frozen Ninja Boy goes ahead on schedule. Find me another Ninja Boy. The not Scar guy, it's like he comes in and he's like, I demand that we have a sinister Hollywood plot. And Stephen First is like, whoa, 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 whoa. No one told me my phone wasn't dog slobber proof. Proof <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, actually, <laughs> like, that's right the movie. <laughs> that's the movie. Yeah, right from the beginning, like, I think first shot we were confused because it was just the kid eating in a restaurant, right? Yeah. And we were unsure of whether it was a film or if it was a commercial. 
Well, we knew it wasn't real. Wasn't that right, Maddie? The movie yeah. opened up with like some crazy guy coming in. A film within a film. We decided like his it, acting career has taken off. Well, surely. we ended the last movie on a freeze frame of him in a film kicking and then it froze and then the credits rolled. So we knew he's still an action Hollywood star. Mm-hmm. But this time he's doing Ma- Ninja Boy. My big question, Maddie, is would you watch Ninja Boy? I would. You would watch Ninja Boy if it was released? It seems similar to what the first movie kind of had, the action, (laughs) the breaking of the glass, you know, that sort of thing. You know what Maddie just did? Better writing than this movie. If the movie that they were making in this movie (laughs) was Magic Kid 1's story, it would have actually (laughs) been ten times better. Like, like how good would that have been if... Like, you get behind-the-scenes shots of them, like, (laughs) deciding her uh, sister's fashion or whatever? Yeah, yeah, or, like, it's just, like... Like, why are you wearing the jacket? Or, like, the villain in their one is a stereotypical Italian guy as well, like Guido in the first one. But, like, this one, Ninja Boy is just, like, I don't know what the plot of their fake movie like I like in movies where they have fake movies or fake things like Galaxy Quest or Tropic Thunder where you could understand what the movie or the fake thing in the world would actually be if you watched it like what the plot would be like you can imagine like oh okay they're doing this but in this one it's just like Every scene is like a crappy fighting scene. With the same guy. With the same yeah. like villainous guy from like what would be a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles villain guy where he's just like... This crazy growling guy, yeah. But Manny, And then in the end, like the gag is, oh, he's got a sophisticated voice. Since the movie doesn't really have a plot, Madison, Maddie, Mad Dog, um, you kept commenting about how cute the main boy was. Um, on a scale of 1 to 10, how cute? Oh, I don't know. Look Eight. at his face on the he's DVD. He's so little and he's falling in love. It's just adorable. Look at him. <laughs> <laughs> he's falling in love in the last 10 minutes of the movie. Like, like he, takes... <laughs> he just wants to study just the, the Civil War, you know? <laughs> Perfect timing. The photographers are waiting over on stage nine. The photographers? Yeah, and afterwards, David has arranged a really big surprise for you this evening. But I was supposed to work with my tutor tonight. Don't worry, she'll be paid. So the main story, like I, like we said, is kind of divided into two aspects. The evil studio were wanting to control this kid's life. And the other thing is the kid's life. He wants it to be like a normal kid who studies history. But he... But he th- stopped because of the other story. Yeah, and the adults can't get him out of it. So, yeah, yeah. The the film begins. We, we see he's in the film. Uh, evil Studios doing bad stuff. Uh, yeah, like, clean for, my for tailpipe. I don't like dirty tailpipes. We're not setting up something for the end scene here. My tailpipes need to be clean. Yeah. I'm auditioning for Lion King 2. <laughs> the one straight to video. So when the kid comes home, he you know he sees his uncle and his friends playing a poker game. His uncle, yeah. His uncle, yeah. We'll get back to that poker game because there's a really good line in it. Um, <laughs> and he goes upstairs and his tutor is there and the tutor basically asks him, oh, so have you read this chapter of this history textbook? I've chapter given seven. You? Chapter seven. And he basically has to give like, oh, well, chapter seven. No, I, I didn't read that one. And he's basically, I guess, kind of, you know, teacher disappointment voice, you know, oh, you know, you should have learned this. You should know what the Emancipation Proclamation is. And 
things like that, and that that's kind of our first hint at like, oh, okay, so he's he's not he's a slacker. He's a slacker, but it's not for a lack of tr- well, there is a no, sort it's of, a lack of trying. Like, there in is the a... opening scene. It seems like he's like the Bart Simpson type character where he's like, yo, miss, I tried to read it, and then she's like, this is like, oh, chapter seven. Oh, I didn't read chapter seven. Like he's very cocky. Yeah, they're, but they're... he quickly learns his way because this woman, fantastic actress. <laughs> she was just like, Kevin, I'm disappointed. I believe in teaching, and belief is is the only thing that matters. You know that as a ninja. <laughs> <laughs> she was amazingly terrible, that actress. Like, like she was so lifeless. Like the best w- way I can describe her was a fish, just <laughs> washed up on the shore, just dead. Like, that's how she delivered her line, just like, <gasps> I, th- I think specifically. Like, I don't know. It seemed like she was dying. <laughs> <laughs> I think specifically she was mentioned to be a tutor for kids like Kevin who are in yeah, the movie yeah. industry. They so... have those. Yeah, That's yeah, what yeah. Mila I... has had. Yeah, I know, I know. But um, she sees something special in this particular kid, which she tells the uncle. And she tells everyone. And she tells everyone, yeah. She's like walking around all the time. Her lines of dialogue for the first half of the movie is that Kevin boy. Now, look, I've taught a lot of superstars in my life, but. Kevin, he's special. Because the script needs me to say that because he's the main character of Magic Kid 2. But other than that, he's special as well. And at the end of this first scene with her, she, you know, she makes an arrangement with Kevin. I'll be back here, you know, at this time on this day. You you know, be ready for that class. And it's set in stone. Um, Some more things happen. We'll get into them later. And Kevin is not able to go because he was dragged to other things by the studio's interference. So when he comes home late at night and she's sitting there really disappointed like a, you know... Like a, like a, a lover, scorned lover. Scorned lover who has stood up. And she, she has a line. <laughs> no joke, no joke. She's sitting in his house, in his room, alone with the lamp on. That's the only source of light. And she, he walks in, and he walks in, and he reacts like a husband that missed a, like the important date with his wife. And he's like, "No!" And she's just like, "I've been here all night." Yeah, like she's just so disappointed, like a scorned but lover. There was that one line she had about the Civil War, but what was the lead up to that line? There was none. It was like you missed it. She like she said some sort of history fact about the Civil War. She's like the Civil War. Too bad you missed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was just like she said it like you missed the date. Like like you well, were going to be he missed here. The Civil you War. were going to, you were going to be here to learn about this aspect of of American history, but yeah, about the Civil War. But you missed him. <laughs> You weren't there. And it sounded like he wasn't there for the Civil War itself. It was like, where were you at the Civil War? Huh? We were all there. We were all there fighting but you for weren't. slavery. But you weren't. Where were you? The studio wanted you to be seen in the public. Well, I was here to teach you about the Civil War. Did you learn anything about the Civil War tonight, Kevin? Tonight? Well, it was kind of a war. I don't know how civil it was. The Civil War was the turning point in our country's history. I'm sorry you had to miss it. She was crazy. I don't know. Like, like there's this line that she has in the movie where she's talking to the evil, not Jeremy Irons guy, mm. where she's all like, you're working, Kevin, too hard. He needs a break. If you do not give him a break, I'll have to go to the 
higher authorities and he's just like oh yeah children's services oh, or something no. it's like two crazy opposite ends of the acting spectrum you have her who's dead and lifeless she's just like if you don't and then you have him gentleman go stop her like like there's this one end to the other of like crazy acting extremes Get like rid of her. like one's like extreme and the other's extreme at the opposite end like like one's like i want to play it like dead lifeless and one's like i want to play it with dripping menace and over the top evil and she's just like oh no i got fired for my ideals <laughs> now maddie during the moment in which Kevin missed out on having the date with his he teacher... He missed the Civil War. He, when Kevin missed the Civil War, what was Kevin up to? Do you remember? Yeah, he went out and... Well, before he went out to party, he did have a, a very important music scene he had to watch yeah. for 40 minutes. That was at the party, wasn't it? Oh, no. Even before that, like he was... He was Wrapping up filming for the day, and he was exhausted. Oh, yeah, he, he had to kick a guy through a window 50 times. And, and then yes. he had the and photo the, shoot. And there were always minor problems. <gasps> yeah, the photo shoot. Yeah, that's what I was leading up to. I forgot oh. about him. There were two elements, the photo shoot and then a surprise for you. Well, tell us about the photo shoot, Maddie. How good was that pho- photographer? Was he a nice guy? No. What was he doing? Oh, he was just... You know, the poor kid, he couldn't catch a break. He was just taking a million photos of him. He was trying to study his history book. and Was he grabbing his face a lot and being like, don't blink? Oh, yeah. He was. He was, <laughs> like, he was like, don't blink. And he was constantly blinking. Like, the kid was blinking, the kid was blinking. a million miles an hour. He, he was, was high <laughs> on ice. He was putting <laughs> his head back into its natural position, and the guy just kept taking photos like there was no problem. Remember the, the, the real big betrayal moment for the photographer guy he's like what is that it's my history book get that out of here <laughs> so he could take literally one more photo and be like i'm done like and then leave yeah kevin's sitting reading he's like get rid of that takes the book away one photo i'm done that's it he literally yeah. says i'm done and then walks yeah. away and this scene this scene followed up because you were mentioning that the reshoots in the film they were always for minor, inconsequential reasons. Like, oh, the hair was wrong. No, one was legit. You smiled when you got kicked through a window. You stunt, man. Ugh. Yeah, but the hair one, it's its like you would have noticed that earlier. And also he was getting kicked. His hair would get messed up. That's fine. But yeah. Maddie loved the scene in which we watched Kevin go oh, watch the a music. The, su- the big surprise, which was he watched a music video mm-hmm. happen in Live. real time. <laughs> Tell us about this music video, Maddie. Was it great? Did you lo- you loved it? You no, were smiling. I, that scene went for a long time, <laughs> and when we were watching it, we were trying to figure out whether that was the sister or not <laughs> from the first movie. Surprise! What kind of sister. music video was it? It it was a pop sort of. It was a bit. Was it just a sexily clad young lady jiggling about the place, singing yeah. in, in on a mist? dark stage? Yeah. For five minutes. A bit inappropriate for a child, but everybody was ugly. Yeah, ugly. He at first looked like he was about to pop a Everyone. Blood, <laughs> blood clot in yeah, his you brain. Know, like, you he looked like he was about to ejaculate. Yeah, you noted that magic kid was uh, really happy about it. He looked horny mm. as fuck. He's a child. <laughs> He's 14. You get boners by 14, Maddie. I'm sorry to let that be a cat out of the bag about the male biology, but Ryan, by the, you, that you age... Slip. Boys are masturbating at that point, and he was jerking one off to her later that night. I tell you, I tell you, he was that boy. He was. That's why the teacher was disappointed. 
She was like, it shouldn't have been about the Civil War. You should have been masturbating about the (laughs) Emancipation Act. Proclamation. No, I didn't know. I don't know about it. I wasn't at the Civil War. (laughs) I can't tell you what it was called. All I can tell you is Kevin should have been masturbating to slaves, but instead he was masturbating to a 1980s music video lady, which is very unfortunate because we were all guessing, like Maddie said, oh, is that the daughter? We thought, oh, maybe the daughter's got a music career now. But then I said, it better not be, because every single person, including, including Magic Kid and the uncle, <laughs> are horny right now. And then, thank Christ, she walked off and the evil villain guy's like, Luna, Luna, I love you, Luna. And we're like, oh, thank God, it's not the sister. That wasn't the sister. I, mean, I didn't think it was the sister at all. But... Oh, really? No, I thought I we all thought it was the sister. Uh, I, I was joking. Was, I guess yeah. it was, oh, well, Bartek, <laughs> how could we know that? Until we got proper establishment, they were both blonde and under and young girls scantily clad. That's like the description of the daughter from the first movie, isn't it, Maddie? Mm-hmm. I mean, this woman, though, didn't wear little mini shorts with, like, lace floral coming out of the trouser legs, but pretty close, Bartek pretty close but then they go to this club again yes the surprise was you're taking her out on a date to a and, club. and you guys are gonna kiss outside and you're gonna like it a lot and he did it's weird because it was supposed to be like a here's the surprise and it felt like magic kid was supposed to be like oh this is so much but he literally was smiling ear from ear and buzzing about how happy he was. He's like, oh, this is a good surprise, actually. He was like, yeah, this actually is good. Like, yeah, I'm loving this. And then he gets to fight some, uh, like, 1980s Joey. Like, he looks like Joey from Friends-looking dude in the club. Like a leather jacket. Who poured water on his lovely, lovely turtleneck. Yeah, he was trying to do the whole thing, like, hey, I'm talking to the girl that you were here with. Get away, kid. No, he said some great line where he's like, hey, uh, do you mind if I step in for the rest of your life? (laughs) Fuck, I wish I could say that to someone. I wish I could walk over to someone's date at the club and say that. Like, can you imagine that? Like, like, Maddie, could you imagine if you were at a club and you had, like, a date there and then a guy stepped in and said that to them? I guess, I think immediately you'd have to be like, to the date you're with, I'm sorry, but he's got a point there. I mean, you're gone. That's a great point, he can I step in for the rest of your life? <laughs> and the scene continues, and obviously a fight happens. And it's just the two of them, right, Ryan? Well, at first it is. In this packed club, just the two and of them? And then riding? a server at the club, an employee of the club, a woman, a young lady, a tiny girl. Yeah, she's carrying like a tray with glasses on them or something. They get accidentally bumped by someone who gets bumped by the them fighting. And then the woman serving grabs that woman's hair and starts punching her in the face. And then is surprised that the woman starts fighting back. And then, the, the and then everyone ensues. immediately starts fighting. Well, <laughs> if I was at a club, you know, Maddie and I, we're club animals. You know, we just club all the time. Not together, of course. Club the God verb? forbid. We only <laughs> podcast together. But clubbing, that's a separate entity. But we both know that if you start seeing, if you see anyone, other than security, of course, Mm. but if you see employees of clubs start fighting, then you, (laughs) that means the clubs are off, you've got to start fighting. That's Mm -hmm. the rules, isn't it, Maddie? Yeah. I mean, that's the rule of club fight. You can't talk about club fight. (laughs) That's the second rule of club fight. And the first, too, I think. (laughs) Oh, I don't know. We're not allowed to talk about it. First rule of club fight is, 
You do not talk about Club Icon. Did you think that the action in this movie, the fights in this movie, were fun to watch? And would you say they were equal to, better, or worse than the Kung Fu action in the first movie? Is there a right answer? I don't know. I think... It's an opinion. Equal? Give me your opinion. Equal. I think, think equal, yeah. huh? There was yeah. no fishing line caught in a guy's yeah. ear and then they threw him off a pier. But They're a bit less good. gimmicky, yeah. But um, did you love the action in this? I did. I was waiting for more of it, though. So I think, Really? You yeah. want more action? Yeah. I thought that the first 20 minutes were like pure action. But it was fake because it was a well, part it's of all... the movie. You know what oh, I mean? Man, man. It's all fake. But that like, kid isn't actually. He was, he was acting within the acting. <gasps> oh mean? right, double oh. acting. Yeah. Uh, double. Oh yeah, there was a whole double. Act. There was a whole mini subplot. I know mini sub, um, <laughs> where he couldn't get. Yes, I want to order a mini sub. Thank you. Um, <laughs> mini subplot. I want it. I want it fresh, not toasted. <laughs> thank you. Yes, I, I mean, this is a micro subplot where he's not able to nail a particular line he has to oh, say. Oh, I thought you film. meant his teacher. I thought we already covered that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I said minor, right? Micro So he's even. not able to nail a certain line of dialogue and Stephen First is trying to teach him. Yeah. It's like, did they have outtakes of Stephen First being like, you gotta get this line, like him, Stephen First, the director, <laughs> coming over and be like, here's the thing, kid. You gotta, you're, you're screwing up this line. We gotta do... You're saying it too good. <laughs> saying it too good. <laughs> Um, okay, so you got, basically, the kid doesn't get to see his teacher. The big problem with this is, right, the teacher gets fired, she gets sent away, and it's supposed to be, like, this big emotional moment. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, no, not the teacher. She was the only one who looking up for his invested, like, his yeah, interest. She, she's the heart of the film, and she's being sent away. She has ideals that she got fired for, but, uh, she... I said something, and, um... I think it still sticks. This movie tries to treat her like she's this big, important mentor character, like like Miss Honey from Matilda. Mm. Uh, but she isn't. She's like in three scenes before that, and mm. we didn't even get an understanding of what kind of teacher she is. We just know that she's just like, you weren't there. <sighs> like, we know that she cares because Kevin's special, but we don't even understand what kind of vibe she is as a teacher yeah, let alone spark. one that you're upset that she's gone like like using a movie like this you yourself wish that could be your teacher like mm. like like a miss honey or something right from matilda mm. or, or 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 you know miss Krabappel or, or something robin right like, williams from, or robin williams yeah. from dead poet society and stuff like yeah. that but this is as just like she's as... just some person yeah. hired by the studio and, and you're like far... oh no yeah and as far as we're aware her teaching style is did you read the chapter okay let me tell you a bit more about no it. no her teaching style is shame them <laughs> well if they you... fail yeah you weren't there. You missed it. I'm a scorned lover sitting by a lamp by myself with a single tear going down my yeah, cheek. But the point I'm making is, since we didn't see a successful lesson, as far as we know, her lessons are, did you read the chapter? Okay, let's expand on that a little bit. It's like typical teacher fair. It's not like Robin Williams where he does like something grand, like stand on your tables and feel inspired or whatever. Or get a kid, or, or you know, stress a kid out to the point in which he stands up to their father or anything like that. Like, you know, like nothing inspiring from her. She's just kind of like this, so that near the end of the movie, he has a physical location to go to. Yeah. That's why mm. she exists in yeah, the movie. There's, there's a part where Magic Kid oh, has to run away. And so that she can have a daughter that he can bang. <laughs> with an amazing first scene. Until we get to that that bit, there's yeah. nothing going on with that 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 serum. The rest of it is basically Stephen first 
Magic Kid and the evil guy from the studio are basically clashing with one another in a trifecta of ooh about like the kid needs to do more we want to make a sequel where it's set in alaska but i want to study uncle why aren't you defending me i'm playing poker buford the dog i'm auditioning for lion king like that's the rest of the movie like like and the legendary merchandising scene. there's literally nothing okay before we get the merchandising scene yes there's one thing we need to talk about the poker scenes yes i mean ever since he's been sitting next to me i, I haven't won a hand about paranoid. Hey, we're agents. All agents are paranoid. Maddie, do you know how to play poker? No. Okay. As someone who doesn't know, do you know how to play any of those kind of card games? A little bit. A little bit, a little bit. Do you find it interesting in movies when they have whole sequences dedicated to card games? Hmm. Any in particular that stand out? Like when you see a movie, you go, yes, a card game. Look, nah. I Not can't even think Austin of any, Powers? I can't think of it. Not even example. Austin Powers 1? Five. I'll stay. I suggest you hit, sir. I also like to live dangerously. As you wish, sir. 20 beats your five. I'm sorry, sir. Well, I won't lie to you. Cards are not my bag, baby. What is really difficult about communicating to an audience, anything like a card game or poker, any of these kind of pool, like in the first one, you have to make it like interesting. In this movie, they're just there, and there's a joke that maybe Buford the dog's cheating, <laughs> but then they never answer that, so it's like pointless. Why I'm asking you is, in these 15 million poker scenes, I watched you just kind of zone out. You were just like... Gone. You're like eyes glazed over, and I'm and I was like, I'm with you. I'm with Look, you. They didn't really add much, did they? They did add one line that defines the whole entire movie. Bartek. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there was one character there that I compared to the the neurotic guy from Monthly of the Cuckoo's from Nest. From of the Cuckoo's Nest, whose name H- Harding. I yeah, 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 was. Harding. Yeah, yeah, Harding from Monthly of the Cuckoo's Nest, who's just like really stressed out and paranoid that like. He hasn't won a single hand all night, and all night Buford the dog has been sitting next to him, and he's assuming that little actions that Buford is taking is indicating to Stephen first that, like, oh, he's got this kind of hand. Right. So he's paranoid and just, like, complaining about everything and everyone's getting, you know, all weird about it. And near the end of this scene, I can't remember what he was asked. He was asked something along the lines of... He's mad. He doesn't care. His response, the way the actor said it, taken in pure isolation, is the definition of this movie. Yeah, he said, he said, I don't care in a really great way. And it just defines this movie. I don't it's care. Like, I don't care. I don't care. That was us. We were just like, I don't care. There's a bit where I said, hey, when did this guy have his hero turn? And Bart is like, oh, you didn't see that moment? And I'm like, I did. I just... I don't care. Like, like, I just don't care. That's why I asked about the poker stuff, because, Maddie, that's the scenes where you didn't care. The thing is, poker or card games or any of these kind of things, like, Magic Kid 1 did this better. You had pool scenes and that, and they were fun and interesting to watch, but you could film them, and they could be the most boring thing in the world, because you're watching someone else play a game, which is incredibly boring if not done right. Yes? Mm. Poker... 
most people don't know the rules of card games, honestly. Like we just take it's, it's we a just risk take when you it, pick one, yeah. We just take it in movies when they go, huh, and I won and they lay out all their cards <laughs> on the table, we just go, oh, Yeah, yeah, the movie said he won. <laughs> well, even, I don't know. I don't know what the difference between card hands are. Like the average person who I, watches yeah, well, movies I, don't know, you just trust the movie. But when you have scenes where it's just them sitting around doing nothing, you're just like well, here's my thing. I, <sighs> I wish I knew poker. I guess I'm gonna start learning. I don't know. Like... I mean, I I do know how to play poker, and I know some other games that like can be used for gambling. But the draw to them in films isn't like the hands they have. It's, no, it's like yeah, the discussions they're having alongside. It's and... what the scenes mean. Yeah, it's tension, whatever. But like. Since this didn't have any of that, then you just had them being like, and here's my hand. And, and compla- me, I just go... Oh, and they're complaining about, like, wild cards or something. Like, this is a wild card. No, we drew. We can't pick wild cards when it, you draw. It reminds me in the television show Black Books. One of them gets addicted to gambling in an episode, and they have, like, a scene in which they're like, all right, we're going to play this kind of poker, and it's like some made-up thing, and they're like... Steelers' choice. We're playing Lebanese Southern Cross. 48 of the anti fives and twos are wilds, no raising before the button. I don't want any showboating, no coffee housing, no auntie's drawers. Minimum three aces to start, minimum bet one ton. Let's play. Everyone else is like, yeah, we got it. And he's just like, <laughs> and that's how it feels sometimes when you watch cards and movies. And this one is just like, that's this is the movie. They should not call it Magic Kid 2, they should call it Stephen First Poker Night. Wild card poker night with Stephen first. Like, that's what they should have called it. The cover shouldn't be the fucking little kid with his hand on his chin. It should be Stephen first holding a deck of cards doing some card tricks. Like, like, it should be him. I don't think there was that much poker in this film, It was so much unnecessary fucking poker. There was, like... It was, like... Three to five scenes. Unnecessary, yeah, but... (laughs) There's three to five scenes of Stephen first like poker to the point in which there is so much poker because the kid's main problem with the uncle is he plays poker too much. Well, the main problem with the uncle... At least in the the first movie, the uncle... His problem was he was an alcoholic who was selfish, who wasn't used to having children and having to care for others. But he's gone through that arc already. So in this movie, his arc is to stand up to people. But the only reason he isn't standing up to people is because the script requires him not to. Yeah, and I just That's the that... only reason. And, and his escapism is to play poker with his dumbass friends. To me, it's too much poker. Not enough, like, character arcs or development. That's why I'm just emphasizing... It's really boring when we see him just play poker. It feels like, hey, guys, I really just like playing poker. I'm going to include it in my movie about the kids' movie. Mm. You know, kids, they love poker scenes. They love scenes in which I'm being accused of cheating at poker, but I don't let them know that I am because I'm not. I'm really good at poker. I'm Stephen First. I'm good at poker. Like, like I know I'm emphasizing this a lot, but there's nothing else. Like, like we have just seen so... When you have five scenes dedicated to poker, that's a lot of scenes Again, I of swear, poker. I swear that there were like two, and then he went to a guy's house, and there was one happening off no, screen. No, there were several poker scenes. How many? Uh, I think two. Two. You? Same here. Two. I take three. Three. And Mr. Lucky takes three. I'll bet ten bucks. Too rich for me. I'm out. I'll see your ten. I bet another ten. Three ladies. Read them and weep, four deuces. Okay, that does it. In the land of make-believe, Kevin is facing the challenge of his life. Fair nine. I don't like these plastic cards. I think I read somewhere they cause cancer. 
Well, that's why I won't eat them anymore. And besides, I think that test was done with white mice playing go fish. Two pair, Jack's high. Same thing, only mine's got kinks. <laughs> Surrounded by phonies, Kevin realizes he's being used. You want to play another hand? Well, we could dance. You want to dance? Oh, for God's sake, let me do that. Never will learn to shuffle, will you? Okay, aces, deuces, fours, and seven are wild. No, 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 no. Dealer's choice. I'm the dealer. You're just doing it. All right, cut. Put in ante. You didn't. I ante. You didn't ante. You never ante. I don't understand it. It's I, a dollar. I, I, it's a dollar. What, what is it to you? A dollar, my God. Come on, it's not a lifesaver. Sometimes a kid has to fight to hold his world together. This is five-card draw. Just put them all over the place. Okay. What did you say was wild? Um, jacks, nines. Well, you, you can't look at your cards and then tell me what's wild, for God's sakes. That's cheating. Yeah. Who ever heard of that? Dealer's choice. No, no. Miss Deal. That is Well, let's see. Let's make uh, deuces wild, and I think I have a jack here. Okay. He just, he just took his answer back. Kevin and his uncle Bob discover that life in Hollywood isn't all it's cracked up to be. Let's go to the marketing scene in which the evil executive guy is like, we're going to market this movie. $20 million for the budget, $10 million for marketing. Which, okay, $20 million's a bit cheap for for what they said it was going to be, even though it's like the 90s. I think that's pretty cheap budget for, for whatever <laughs> this is. Like, just to put it in perspective, Drop Dead Fred was like $10 million, And that was a cheap movie, so like, <laughs> okay. Bartek, this was the peak of the movie. It was the comic peak of the film for sure. No, yeah. it was the peak of probably the, movie. the peak as well as well. Yeah, <laughs> tell us about it. So, obviously, there was one big highlight, but the scene itself was just very, very silly. So, first of all, there's a table, and you're looking at the person promoting these products. Which was it? The it was just some woman. It was just some woman. Yeah, there's some woman, and it cuts to who she's looking at, and there are these three characters we've never seen before with incredibly distinct looks. On the left, there's this Asian businessman. In the middle, the Hasidic Jew, and on the right, there is an Arabic man. Arabic? I think it was Arabic. Yep. Arabian Knight himself. Yes, he was in the full attire. Yeah. They didn't have lines of dialogue they except had, for the Hasidic Jew. The Jew, yes. He had he had He was in the center. He had sounds to make, yes. And close ups. <laughs> sounds to make. <laughs> and they and they were just especially the Jew, they were just into it. They were really into everything. Um, and they were showing off, you know, there's lunch boxes of Magic Kid, and inside there's Magic Kid branded stuff. And we also, and this is the big one, we also have Magic Kid costumes for you to wear. And, uh, well, obviously this is a room full of adults. Well, Ryan. well, first, first, before we get to that big scene. Yes. We have to establish, we were already beginning laughter during the scene, because you have the Hasidic Jew, and he's, like, making noises. And like he's like faces, He's yeah. like, oh, boy. And then <laughs> she's showing, like, here's a Magic Kid lunchbox, and it has, like, inside Magic Kid drinks. And he, the, the Jew's just like, oh, ho, ho. And the guy, the evil executive guy, turns over, and he goes, 
and it's kosher. And the guy, and he's just like, oh boy. And we were like laughing, yeah. laughing, laughing. Little did we that. know that was foreplay. That was foreplay <laughs> for what was virtually like you're saying. They, and then, of course, we have magic kid costumes. Yes, and obviously the costumes of a kid. Well, 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 ninja boy costumes. Ni- oh, so, yes, that's right. We really fucked up, didn't we? Ninja boy costumes. <laughs> and these are for kids, but this is a room full of adults. So the lady goes up to the door to the room. That's directly behind her. Directly behind her. Opens it. And there's just this little kid. Like four years old. Four years old doing these martial arts <laughs> motions. Not entering the room. Making noises too. Making noises for like three, four, five seconds. Then she just casually closes the door on him. He's still doing it. <laughs> We, we lost our fucking shit at that. Just She's like, and we have costumes. <laughs> Close the door. And she's like, as you saw. And Bartek's like crying with laughter. He's yeah. like, I'm losing it. And Maddie's losing it. And us losing it. And it being amazing. It's and like then we have... just kept saying, like, if the post credit stinger isn't just a cut back to that kid, I'll be very disappointed. <laughs> Spoiler alert, we were very disappointed. Yeah. It, it's like if you had a caged animal that's just always being crazy, never stopping, and you put, like, a blanket over it. You can take it off and look at it, but when you put it down, they're still going to be crazy when the blanket's what done. What it reminds me of is in those kind of, like, uh... Those spoof movies or whatever, when they have like a crazy visual gag yeah. and then it goes away, but if you think about it, it would still be happening. Yeah. That was that, but it never got that crazy again in this movie. Like that marketing scene felt like someone else came in and was like, okay, I want to have this in here. And then they went away. Because then after that, they're like, and we have the Ninja Boy robot toy that it was like that mothers, mothers and children will enjoy. And I'm like, because mothers? it's a toy. And, and I said, is it a vibrator? Because <laughs> it's a toy and also a meat, meat tenderizer. Meat tenderizer, yeah. And uh, Maddie, what does this uh, pretty big size ninja meat tenderizing thing do? Because he's like a, it's like a doll, right? He's holding two yeah. meat tenderizers in his hands. Well, how does that? And she puts a giant slab of steak down on the table, and, and Stephen first them. literally licks it. Yeah, it does. It splats, <laughs> and the rabbi is like, "Ah, oh, my eye!" And she says, "It'll wash out of his eye." Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> but he had glasses on. But yeah, it was so, confusing. Yeah. And Stephen first literally licks his lips and goes, mm, "That's a good cut of meat." Mm. Stephen, we get it. You're fat. Like, like <laughs> we get it. You were fat. Um, but this meat tenderizer, of course. Comedy has to ensue even more. The meat juice wasn't enough, Maddie. How do they uh, finish this epic scene? The comedy bow to tie it all together. Mm, well, they put it on the table and it uh, starts swinging its arms and walking towards the rabbi. Very slowly. We're all just waiting for the the impact, really. And so were they. <laughs> they were all like, oh no. But it's still like halfway across the table. We're like anyone st- could have stopped We're it. not going to stop it. We're just going to panic. <laughs> she aimed it not even at the meat. So it's like, <laughs> what did they expect? It doesn't even work for the context of like, oh no, it's malfunctioned. Like, like it's not like Robocop, right? Where Robocop's like, okay, Ed 209, stop that guy with the gun. And it's like, put down the gun. And it's like, uh, you better do it. And the guy puts out the gun. And then it's like, put down the gun. And it's like, he doesn't have a gun. And then he shoots the shit out of the guy anyway. It doesn't even work on that level. It's yeah. like, she just didn't aim it at the thing it needed to go to. It and then they just all sat there for like solid minute yeah, watching it, do- it come towards the guy. And he's just like, it's coming towards me. It doesn't have an AI, yeah. It's literally just in motion. It's not like, oh no, crazy AI, like sparks are coming out of it or anything. It's just like, and then it just like walks over and, um, 
gets on him. top of the guy, but we don't even see it attack him. We just see it fall on top of him. Then they cut, and then they lift him up, and he's got, like, what does he have on his face? Well, his chair tips backwards, and then when they get him up, he has these meat tenderizer bruises, right? <laughs> yeah, red, sp- red spots <laughs> all over his forehead. Yeah. <laughs> and we never see them again. Oh. And finally, oh. for a bit of marketing genius, a toy huh? every kid will want and every mother can use, the Ninja Boy doll and meat tenderizer... Yeah, can we talk about the morning show with the racism? Yeah. <laughs> Where he goes on some morning show, the kid, and it's like, Yo, hey, I, I'm i going to answer all the questions you're going to ask me, morning show guy. And he's like, fine then, we'll just do the demonstration of this Japanese guy that we won't show you his face of properly to beat the fuck out of you with this giant stick. And Stephen first like, it looks like licorice. Nom, nom, nom. Black like, we licorice. get it, you fat <laughs> Stephen. We get it. You like food. There's literally a scene where it's like, a guy leaves and he takes his plate of food and eats it too. We get it, Stephen. You're a big boy. There was, you yeah, were. That was a double gag because at the beginning of the scene they gave him. No, no, the he sal- has a double chin, but yeah, yeah, double chin. Yeah. <laughs> at the beginning of that scene, they gave him the salad and the other guy like a bunch of burgers and stuff, and then they're like, they "Oh, whoops, it. we got the, the wrong way." They also around. gave him the other guy the drink that Stephen first ordered. Yeah. And he's like, oh, crazy. But this morning show he has like a. A David Letterman type guy on it, right? And he's all like indignant, like he hates his assistant. He hates having the kid on. He hates everything. He gets hit in the face with the stick, and he's like, "Ah, oh, my head! I need ice!" And then just casually is racist throughout, like most of this interview. Like he's saying weird things, like like he's like, "This guy's name is like something rather than Japanese." He's like, "Can I call you Sammy?" And you're like, <laughs> "Yeah." And at the end, sure. At the end, I think the Japanese guy like complimented Magic Kid, Magic Kid Ninja Boy, whatever you want to call it. In Japanese. Him. In Japanese, and the guy just said like, "Oh, I'll have that and two plates of miso soup or something." Yeah. To go, and then you hear the music do that noise, and it's like, and then it cuts to another scene. It was very funny. It was nice laughing right now. Uh, that's this movie. It scenes the movie. There's a scene later where there's a guy who looks exactly like Bartek. Who's Bartek? You. Oh, right. There's a character in this movie who I kept saying, that's you, Bartek, and you were like, no. I think his name began with an L, like Lester Lyman or something. I'm going to call him Buford the Man. So Buford the Man. He's like the muscle of the villain, right? The dumb muscle. He's like, you like, I give him his water the way he likes it. Room temperature. And I'm like, is there a joke here? The villain just says the name is like, Paul. They pours the water and hands it to him, and he says that like he I give it the way to give it to him the way he likes it. Room temperature. Is that a joke there, <laughs> Stephen? You wrote the script. Where's the joke? And remember, like, was... it's like Bartek. Is it's like uh, chair. I gave him the chair the way he likes it on the ground, underneath them. <laughs> like, 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 duh. Uh, yeah, on this guy. Um, later on, there's a conflict where um, Magic Kid and his uncle. Uh, this is the high point of their argument you know they're complaining like why didn't you you know help me why aren't you on my side the the low point in the, the low point yeah and because we needed it to be 90 minutes and as magic kid tries to leave the room he like reflects by reflex strikes his uncle and then just runs away from home um and this is bad because the villain has created this thing where oh it's also bad because he broke his ninja code of honor yes he broke his ninja code by striking an innocent his family um <laughs> 
<laughs> I love how disregardingly you say yes, that. Yes, yes, he broke his ninja code. <laughs> no, 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 you're like, no, complete opposite. He broke his ninja code, he struck an innocent. His family. <laughs> like, like, eh, whatever. Some say family are innocent. I don't. I think they're on equal footing as bad they're guys. They're fair game. <laughs> you that, Bartek's family? Get ready, you're fair game. I'm a sicko. Um, yeah, so... No, you're Polish. Yes, that's what's the difference. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, the uncle's whole conflict, is- the contract issue with the villain is that, like, oh, you said that as soon as we finish this film, he can start high school, but now you're saying that he has to start the sequel immediately so he can't go to high school. Yeah. Um, and you know, because he fails to negotiate out of this, he tries to play it up as a good thing to the kid. Yeah, and that creates this low point. The accidental strike. Kid runs away from home. Um, and goes to the school, he, the history teacher's house to meet her daughter. Yes, we'll get, we'll get to that. Um, but this this means that he can't start working on the sequel, and that upsets the villain, Jeremy Irons. Yeah, and not Jeremy, not Jeremy Irons. And when he questions him, like, "Where's the kid?" Uh, Stephen first tells him, "You know, I don't know." <sighs> and he gets this guy that looks like me to find out <laughs> if he's telling the truth. <laughs> And he just grabs him and pushes him against the wall. And, and he lifts just goes, him. He goes, I don't know. <laughs> he lifts him, he puts him down, he goes back to the guy and he's like, I, yeah, don't, there I was, don't know if he's telling the truth or not. There's almost a joke there. There's almost something funny in that. Like, uh, there's something there. It's almost, it feels like it was fleshed out a little bit more. It's almost like the game. It, it's like from Cannibal the Musical where it's like, how deep is the river? And he just throws a rock. It felt like a joke that we did in us in our in our university play called Soviet Western, where one character is like, "I can always tell when somebody's lying to me, except for right now." Like that <laughs> yeah. seems like something, but like in the movie, it's so weirdly delivered. Yeah, and, and it just sets up that this this guy is now going to be the main antagonist, like the the, the, the main one that chases Stephen first. Uh, can we just talk about that briefly? The chase? This this Bartek guy, yeah. Buford the man. He just goes to Stephen First's house and then they have like a motorcycle chase and a car chase that goes on in the universe for several hours. Yeah. In our time, like four minutes. And then in the end, the guy gets him and ties him to a chair and then they become best friends. Well, no, he gets sent to prison at one point, gets let out and the guy pretends to be like yeah, the it, guy picking him up. It doesn't matter. I know it doesn't it's matter. so dumb. Just letting you know that happens. And he ties Stephen First and Buford up and then Stephen First's like, can you let me go? And he's like, all right. And then they become best buds because Stephen first says, you can run faster than me. Yeah, don't, and don't, he was like, you're right. He's like, don't and then they like literally <laughs> like, like, like nod at each other. Like, yeah. Yeah. He, he has a line where he's like, you know, the, the guy I work for doesn't really like you that much, but I think you're an all right guy. I don't care. Now, Maddie, how thrilling was it that he went to the history teacher's house? Hmm? Did he meet some fun characters there? A love interest that you related to on a personal <laughs> level? <laughs> You were a... like, that's me. I wish I could be her. He's dreamy. He's a there, there's, a tw- there's a twist when he knocks on the door. The teacher's yeah. at the other side of the house, so she's not the one that answers it. Yes, the daughter answers it. And what's she wearing? She has a daughter, by the way. She's wearing a bikini top and jeans, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah. And what's she doing? She's, she's on... on the phone to her friend. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. And how long do they linger on that? Oh, well, <laughs> she sends Magic Kid inside, like, oh, well, she's out the back. When, know, when she, yeah, when she realizes that he is Ninja Boy, that's the name, right? Ninja Boy? Ninja, yeah, Boy. Ninja, Ninja Boy. Boy Magic Kid. Ninja Boy Magic Kid. She sends Ninja Boy back, and then we see, we hear the rest of her conversation on the phone. <laughs> and how thrilling was it, Maddie? Well, not very. It, it went for, like, 
how long? Like at least a minute. A or minute something. or two. Felt like a minute. Yeah. And yeah. I joked that if this was the rest of the movie, her on the phone. <laughs> it's just like, no, you can't come over. Yes, it's actually him. Like, and guess know. who just came in? If you come over, you'll stare at him. And if you stare at him, you make him cry. Yes, you will. You made that kid in kindergarten <laughs> cry when you stared at him. Remember that? Was that yeah. Real yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's real dialogue. No, you make him feel uncomfortable. You'll stare. Oh, yes, you always stare. You remember the time you were five years old and you stared at Jimmy Henson until he cried? No. No, no, no. Okay, I'll call you back tomorrow. All right, I'll call you in 30 minutes. Bye. Do you remember how they put the comedy bow on the end of that scene? She hangs up the phone, and then what happens? I can't remember. Oh, oh the door's locked. Oh, she <laughs> locked. <laughs> and, then, and then she proceeds to whisper through the doorknob that her mum needs a letter in, knowing that her mum's on the other side of the house. Why is she embarrassed? And then cuts to nighttime, and they're just hanging out at back, swimming in the pool. Having burgers. Having cheeseburgers, but no fries. Yeah. His favourite food is cheeseburger and fries, according to his uh, bio. To his mm. woman that makes up his answers. <laughs> to his woman that makes <laughs> up his answers. Yeah, we've all got one of those. Um, The little boy, the son, just eats some hot stuff and he's like, Yeah, I feel it! No, no, he, he drinks, like, tomato sauce straight out of uh, the bottle. And yeah, then... and then the daughter gives him a chilli sauce bottle. What a bitch. <laughs> and then he, like, smiles and waves his hand in front of him like he's fanning his tongue. Do you guys have siblings? Yeah. Yeah. What's one of the, like, something like that that you've done to your sibling? Like, a weird little cruel thing that you didn't need to do? Anything? Did you poison them with chili? I know, it's hard to admit on air that you've <laughs> brutally murdered your sibling and buried them in the backyard in several pieces, but mm. yeah, so maybe I'm I'll, willing... Maybe I'll hold my silence. I, <laughs> I, you know, people often think that I'm the younger sibling, but there was another one time. They're dead now. I murdered them and buried them in the backyard. <laughs> Spread them out. They ate too much chili sauce. Mm. What's what's the address that you buried them at? Ryan, uh, uh one two three Fake Street. <laughs> <laughs> I like the Simpos. Mm. Anything? Because I was trying to think about like I have an older sibling, so it's a bit different, right? Like mm. they, she would do it to me. Um, I remember when I was a kid, I hated fake tattoos. Yeah, they grossed me out, and my sister put one on me, and it freaked me out, and I didn't. I couldn't get it off of me because it was on my back. <laughs> that was pretty good. That that amuses me to this day. What a cruel thing to do. Bartek, you're often cruel. I often think of you as a villain. You were in this movie as a villain. So well, until I had a turn younger, because uh, I could run faster oh, oh, than okay. someone. I, I can answer this for you. Yes. For you? Yeah. You've said it on the podcast before. Um, you claimed on the podcast that your younger brother Oscar never played the video game version of uh, uh, shark of Shark Tale, the game, and that you played it. But when right. this was mentioned and he found this out, he was very much distraught over the fact that that was a blatant lie. I think that's probably <laughs> what the was his answer. It was like, I, what are you talking about? I've slayed the sharks or something. <laughs> so the cruelest thing you've ever done to your younger sibling was a few is, months ago is a lie on this podcast <laughs> about his gamer's integrity. That's your answer. Maddie, I, I imagine lied, that you're someone okay. who, who just poisons their siblings with chili sauces. Is that it? I think because I was the younger one, I was the one getting poisoned, you know? Did you get poisoned? <laughs> well, a couple of years ago at my sister's birthday, um, I was offered a drink 
And oh, I no. went to drink it, and it was a whole glass of soy sauce. It's <laughs> 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 like Coca-Cola. You can understand that. And I drank the whole thing. You have to excuse my little brother. He just escaped from the institution. Nanny, nanny, nanny. He wears the younger brother's swimming shorts, but he wears them all the way up to, like, his nipples. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then we had the best bit in the movie that made us nearly laugh as hard as the other moment with the little kid, where Karate Kid Boy Magic Kid, not at all ripping off Karate Kid, he flexes his little muscles, <laughs> does a bunch of poses, and says, I am the Ninja Boy. <laughs> In a really weird way, and it made no sense. And then he proceeded to pray, and then he got pushed into the pool by well, the younger brother. He did the brother. bow thing to the yeah. water, but then he got pushed. Mm. No, bowing. he put his hands in a prayer pose like that. He didn't do the thing you're doing with the fist and that. No, he did like a proper like two hands together prayer pose kind of thing, and then he got yeah, pushed. Well, long shots. And then that was the end of um, him and the history teacher. They didn't really resolve anything. Well, no, there was two. one more interaction between him and the history teacher. Oh, yeah, you like cheeseburgers? No, no, no. Yo, no, sorry, that's a lot of cheeseburgers you're eating. No, no, no. The, oh, sorry. Those pajamas look good on you. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> the pajamas that she gave him. There's no resolution there. It's not like she's like, I'm going to be your teacher at the end. Like, we never see her again, really. She's gone. It's just, you're dating my daughter now. And then the movie proceeds to basically end with the studio being like, damn, they own the ninja kid, the ninja boy writes i guess we'll kill him at the end of this movie and then we will have our own ninja boy universe i don't know what their plan is honestly with that well first of all ryan you disgust me because you skipped over one of the big conflicts of the film (sighs) yeah he hasn't been on a date before (laughs) (laughs) maddie and i particularly lost our shit at that (laughs) because it's like there's a bit where he's on the date with the daughter and he's like, oh, I've never been on a date before. And we are all like, literally, you just went on a date like 20 minutes ago with in this movie. Star, yeah. with the fucking you made star. out with her. And you, you made fought out for with her. her. You fought for her. In fact, why isn't she your date again? <laughs> she seemed all right. And then and then later on, the girlfriend gets feels like she's been betrayed because see, she sees a news article of him, which I feel would have come out, like, much earlier than, like, it feels... Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was, it was just, like, posted on a wall at, the, like, the game arcade. Yeah, of them kissing. And then she's like, Take your toys! You betrayed me! You told me you haven't been on a date before. And then he's like, it, is, it wasn't a date. It was a studio. But it was a date, you idiot. <laughs> and then he learns a lesson at the end, which is don't lie. Mm. It wasn't even like he had a girlfriend. It was just... They didn't even yeah. kissed. Like, him and her, him and the <laughs> girl on the date. It wasn't like, oh, he didn't say I've never kissed before. Mm. You know, Maddie, would that infuriate you? Would you feel betrayed? If, I, if you and I went on a date, and I was like, I've never, <laughs> I've never been on a date before. And, and then you found out that I, I kissed a celebrity at a club. Would you be annoyed? If you were a big celebrity, I think you know. No, no, no! <laughs> I'm me. <laughs> You're Ryan, kid. I'm, I'm, I'm Ryan Kevin. Or Ryan boy. <laughs> I'm Ryan boy. I think I'd be heartbroken then. To be she's, she looks heartbroken. Yeah. She sounds. Take like she's, your toys, Ryan. Maddie's crying. But basically, we skip to the end because nothing really of major importance. Steam first learns a lesson about being a good uncle again, 
Um, the dog Buford does some crazy hijinks. Uh, he he runs around with the phone. He misguides Stephen First. They sleep together a lot. There's a mirror behind Stephen First's beds, and we all love that because it's like, oh, I guess he likes watching himself plow. <laughs> um, the, the villain does meditation. That was yeah. That's at the, near the very end too. Wasn't that when he was saying like, Where he's kill like, him or whatever? The villain's like. Yes, we'll film the sequel next summer. Enjoy school. And they leave. And then he's like, we're going to keep filming it. Recast the boy. And then like, oh, so they outfoxed us. And he goes, he says some Indian proverbs or some variety. And then he's just like, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're just going to kill him at the end of this feature film. And then we're going to keep going with the franchise and make it in a new direction. And there's like one good line where he's we hear the director of the movie getting yeah, on propositioned the on the phone and what he needs to do, and then he's like, "I have artistic integrity. I'm not gonna kill this boy." Wait, you offered me two feature films with Michelle Pfeiffer? <laughs> Let's kill the kid. I never liked him anyway. And I'm like, <laughs> I would be the same. Give me Michelle Pfeiffer, dang it. You think you're gonna have to pay for this call? You think? And the movie basically ends with confusing like. The movie thinks that they cleverly outsmarted the bad guy by being like, and I'm his agent. And then the, the bad guy's like, oh, get them off of my set. And then they proceed to send, like, thugs to attack them. But that's not winning. In fact, that's, like, you could get sued for that. Like, yeah, but both. I don't understand. <laughs> like, the best part was the bad guy from the in the movie universe gets attacked by these guys. When in the universe of the magic kid, the real world of magic kid, he was following the orders of the bad guy, but he gets attacked anyway. And I lost my shit at that. Like, the bad guy in the movie, mm. he was following what they said. Like, let's kill the magic kid at the end. But and, then the first then, person they hit is that guy. It's like, wait, like, like, he, he was going to help you. He's either on your side or not <laughs> but, doing anything. But, you know, bad guys, they kill their own men. Yeah. You know, they're bad. And the movie ends with just Stephen first and that being like, Getting a phone call, like another studio wants to pick up the a movie with the Ninja Boy, Buford, <laughs> and that's kind of the end. Him and the girl kind of get together and they go to that high school where people wave at him all the time. End movie, no post credit scene, disappointment. They blew up those cars too at the very end. Oh yes, the payoff run. Oh yes, uh, Bartex guy has a good guy turn, sticks a, a rag into the guy's car and blows up his car but also every other single car in that car park <laughs> and it's supposed to be like fuck yeah and the bad guy's like but you promised <laughs> and he's like I'm, a J- I'm an agent I lie and it's like supposed to be like this big like Whoa. wow that's pretty villainous good guy <laughs> uh, and I don't care I don't care would we recommend this movie yeah sure okay Maddie. <laughs> If you're going to watch both of them, then yes. You would say watch both of them. Yeah. I wouldn't. I think it was fun. <laughs> you did enjoy Magic Kid too. I did. You would recommend this. Even with all the 15 poker scenes. There were definitely 15 of them. Bartek says two. I say 15. There were either two or 16. 29 poker <laughs> scenes. In fact, this but is... But I a, know how to play poker. So. But this is Stephen First Poker Night. Um, so you are, I'm actually a bit surprised at you, though, because you seem, like, really miserable watching this, and you're <laughs> like, oh, this isn't as good as the first. Like, oh. 
you were bummed out. But okay, you're giving it a recommendation. If we're still. looking at it by itself, it was fun to watch. It was bad, but it was fun to watch. It did so. have that kid. Yeah. Ah, that's almost redeemable. Honestly, yeah, that scene's pretty Um, great. But I'm cold and heartless. No, do not watch this. This is just scenes the movie. Here's a scene now. We have to be 90 minutes long. Oh no, we could resolve the conflict, but oh no, Stephen first got in the car when the phone rang, even though we have established he has a mobile phone. Either way, we need the script to go longer. We need the film to be 90 minutes long. It's a movie. Technically, we shot it. The other thing I would say is this is technically more competent than the first Magic Kid. Like, it looks nicer. The audio is better. There's still audio problems. Sometimes the music's too loud or it cuts awkwardly. But overall, it's not incompetent like the first one was. But that's also a downside because the first one was technically incompetent to a point where it was hilarious. (laughs) But at the same time, I will say the first one did have one irredeemable thing which is they spent 15 years going to a Universal Studios park. Oh, yeah. Well, this one didn't have that. This one was paced better. It had a music video. This one was paced better. Yeah, but at least there was something more interesting to look at, a sexy lady, than them going to see King Kong. Like, I don't know. Me, me. I don't know. Both sound pretty interesting <laughs> to different people. If it was both of them combined as sexy King Kong, then yes. Personally, but, I don't care about either, but yeah. But, uh... I don't recommend it. I recommend Magic Kid 1. I think there was way more going on with the characters and stuff. And yeah. way more l- weird shit. Like weird sex stuff. Mm. And weird lapses of character logic. But in this one, Magic Kid 2, I guess they didn't practice what they preach. Mm. Those phonies. <laughs> Which one had the better action? That is a good question. I, I was going to say the first one, but there were some fun action scenes in the second one. Like I felt like the second one consistently kept up the gimmicky tone of the action when there was some. Mm. But the first one did have the piercing, the piercing but yeah. it only had the piercing. The rest of them were he kicks people. This one had a little bit more fun to the action set pieces, but mm. it was I re- still I like lifeless and dull mm. overall. No from me. Bartek? No, it, it's also a no. It, it just wasn't as fun as the first one. Especially, yeah, the first one was a real surprise for us. Like, it was crappy, but there was heart to it, I guess, and we <laughs> laughed at a lot of things. It was creepier. <laughs> it was creepier, but we had a lot of fun poking at that. This one, yeah, it just felt a little too... Long in the tooth. Long. Now, we don't know what year this one came out, do we? Do, but do we have a guess? I know the year it came out, and I had a guess before doing it. Mm. Um, uh, Bartek... What did you guess with this one? What year do you think Magic Kid 2 came out? Well, I think I recall that the first film was 1993. Mm-hmm. So I got that one right last time. I'm going to bump it up a single year, 1994. Fun fact, in the previous episode's recording, I stated, I reckon the second one's in 1994, and Bartek said, no, it wouldn't be a turnaround that quick. So Bartek has changed. He's grown uh, Maddie, what year do you think this one came out? Yeah, I was thinking 95, because... 95? Yeah. Not 94? The sister was two years older, wasn't she? And now yeah. he's now her he's... age, what she was in the first one. So, Bart's going 94, you're going 95. So, the first one came out in 1993. All right. What do you think, 90, Ryan? Well, it, mine, I correctly guessed it, and so did you, Bartek. It's ah. 1994. It came out directly a year after. I, I kind of guessed that because... 
my trick last time was looking at Stephen first and um, knowing his weight fluctuate like <laughs> weight fluctuations at that time because he was doing the TV show Babylon Five. And you're still if you want to see Stephen first do some good acting, watch Babylon Five. He's Magic brilliant. Kid One, you mean? Uh, and Magic Kid One, I think he was much better in Magic Kid One. He actually got to do stuff. In he Magic had a Kid more, one. more of a arc. Well, he had an arc. He was an asshole in the first, first one, one yeah. but he was great. All right, guys, we're at the end of the episode. We are trapped in the room, and this time we're trapped because of, well, there's no way to say it, but there's a little four-year-old boy <laughs> at the door <laughs> who's going, <laughs> And if we open the door, we'll be in trouble, right? Well, no, the, the door's open, oh, shit. but we cannot close it. We have to get out of that room. So we have to pick a character from this feature film other than his character. Yeah. We can't have, like, he's the shadow link character like we can't have that the shadow link version of him yeah we have to choose a character from this movie to help us defeat the little four-year-old boy with unstoppable crazy <laughs> energy but like who would you nominate um i'm thinking between the i don't care guy and the japanese businessman from the march the merchandising scene not the hasidic jew no 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 he he got hurt this, this kid will hurt you <laughs> maddie mad dog can I go with the meat tenderizer? The meat tenderizer is a good choice. <laughs> it was such a great character. I love the art. It's like a Terminator. It doesn't stop for anything. Um, far out. I was going to pick a, a, an answer completely opposite, but Maddie brings up that meat tenderizer <laughs> to the point in which you go, is there really even... What were you thinking? I got to say the Bartek guy. Oh, me, right. Yeah. Or Buford the dog. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I think Buford is like the same size as that kid. So... <laughs> I was like, they, they could take each other on and we walk out. But you know what? No, no, we've got to go with the meat tenderizer because it did prove a very dangerous weapon. So we've activated the meat tenderizer while it's walking across the room. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go into our plug zone. <laughs> um, if you want to contact us, uh, we have the social medias, Facebook and Twitter, Spit and Polish Presents. You can find us. We have an email, spitandpolished at gmail.com. You can email us there or contact us on the social medias about anything you want to talk about, like movie recommendations for our weekly show or feedback and comments about what we've talked about or just to say congrats, Maddie, on your podcast debut times two. <laughs> or if you are a magic kid and you want to fight us you know we'll we'll get a location ready to do a tekken like fight um as i'm talking right now the meat tenderizer is halfway there um bartek yes we covered the magic kid universe mm -hmm. and there was magic here that's us like two movies down from the mystery box that we've had there very early on we're having less and less of the ones from the early days in there are you heartbroken, Magic Kid's finally gone? Are you, like, lovelorn? Like, even though the second one wasn't pretty, wasn't even that good, were you, are you a bit like, it's gone? I feel serene. He feels serene. Maddie, thank you for coming on. It was a real pleasure. Thank to, you for having me again. Uh, again, hopefully <laughs> this one won't get uh, cursed by magic. Stephen, first, your if your holy spirit is gonna curse this one because I spoke smack about your poker skills, like, dude, I didn't mean it. Like, you're really good at poker. You're like so sexy while you play it, and I love you. Please, 
if you were still alive today, Royal flush the toilet. If you were still alive today, I would have loved to watch your YouTube channel where you teach us poker. But unfortunately, you know, YouTube couldn't handle your poker skills anyway, mate. Oh, as I'm speaking, the meat tenderizer is coming up to the little boy. <laughs> What's out, meat tenderizer? He's got karate moves. Wait, he's going the wrong way. I know what to do. Let me just throw some meat in the path he's walking in <laughs> so he'll walk away from the meat towards the boy. Oh no, Bartek! He's coming towards you! <laughs> but, but I have meat! Wait a second, I know what to do. I also brought a yarmulke. I'll put it on the kid. <laughs> and it instantly goes for a hate crime and goes down to, to like the meat tenderizer's like anti-Semitic. Wait a moment. I've taken the, the mask off the meat tenderizer. Mel Gibson! I didn't know it was you all along. Until next time, listening people, remember? Be your